Got my hand on the record button. Oh, gee, I'm going to do it. I'm going to press it. Do it. Dare me. Do it. Dare me. Do it. You know, before before I do that, though, I had a great weekend this weekend. You know why? I was able to just run around, do whatever I wanted, and that's because I knew that the men and women in our armed forces were protecting us. That's right. So on behalf of you, me, the team down here in the basement, and all of our friends over at Navy Federal Credit Union, a big shout out to our military. Let's go stack some Benjamins. Now I'm going to press it. Watch this. You can press a big red button. Backwards, behind the back, press. You heard of this thing, the eight-minute abs? Yeah, sure, eight-minute abs. Yeah, the uh, exercise video. Uh Yeah, well, this is going to blow that right out of the water. Listen to this. Seven-minute abs. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and do you have a dream to start a business? What should you know before dipping your feet into shark-infested entrepreneurship waters? Who better to learn from than your favorite Shark Tank shark, Barbara Corcoran? Plus, Google's withdrawing from the banking industry. Didn't even know they were in it? Yeah, me neither. We'll share details and what it means for your money. Later, we'll toss out the Haven Lifeline to Anonymous, who is about to start fertility treatments. What's the best way to cover those high costs? I'll also be sure to throw out some of my incredible trivia. And now, two guys who would absolutely welcome any shark down to the basement. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. True story. I received an email from our friend Russell who said, would you like to talk to Barbara Corcoran? I said, okay, fine. We'll do it. Hey, everybody, welcome to Monday on the Stacky Benjamin Show. What a Monday it is with Barbara coming down to the basement. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And across the card table from me, the guy who's the shark in this basement, Mr. OG. I'm the shark in this podcast. Oh, no, no. Uh, I should have seen that coming. What, are you just going to keep playing that thing? That's great. There's an hour loop of it. We can have it in the background the whole time. And there goes all of the uh, YouTube rights to, to this podcast episode. You just have it in the background. Just for a moment's hilarity. Uh, yes, you you would be a baby shark compared to Barbara, yes. I think. I'm a baby probably. shark. We got a great show. Barbara Corcoran coming down to the basement. We've got a great headline, TikTok Minute. We got a bunch to do. So uh, why don't we get this party started? But first... This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. 
When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right. Now I'm going to press the get started button. How about that? The other button next to the button that said start the show. Do it. Now start the headlines. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show. Our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Our headline today comes to us from CNBC. It's written by Jennifer Elias and Hugh Sun. Uh, Google abandons plans to offer bank accounts to users. Google have been on the fast track the last couple of years to go head to head with banks, which is something that we were looking at OG as we were going to go head to head with banks. We were not, we were watching Google do it. We're like, no, you do it. We we would do it, but Google's going to do it. And now Google's decided not to do it. Google scrapping plans to offer bank accounts with financial partners, such as Citigroup. The company said it'll focus primarily on delivering digital enablement for banks and other financial service providers rather than us serving as the provider of those services. What that means is, you know, you've got the front end stuff. They're going to let the banks handle that, but they're going to make it easier for banks to do things faster. Instead of compete with them, they're going to take money from them. Which is probably a good idea. (laughs) I think it makes products. Well, I I mean, you got to stay a little bit, stay in your lane and, um, I would like for somebody to figure out a way so that I can transfer money from one bank account to another that doesn't take a day and a half or two. Oh, that's person to person. Do you know I found impossible the other day? I tried to get money into my PayPal account. Huh. I can take money out of, I, and PayPal will move money from my bank account Yeah, over. And everybody's like, dude, what are you using PayPal for? Business runs on PayPal. I don't, I don't make the rules, but I was trying to just add some money from the bank to PayPal. Impossible to do. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you can use PayPal as a, you can tell people you're going to PayPal them and PayPal will be the conduit of that. Yeah. But moving money into my PayPal account from my bank to have it just available, I cannot do it. Everybody's Uh, asking, why would you want to do it? Long story. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that it's meant to do that. Apparently not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's frustrating because, you know, we've got same deal. We've got business accounts. We've got personal accounts. We've got credit union accounts and checking accounts. And despite the fact that I want to try to, like, simple my life down to one place, I just can't do it. The accountant won't let me. And 
And it's just sometimes easier to have different things. And then you end up with like, oh, crap, I need 50 bucks from that account to go to this account because it's like, okay, transferred. It'll take uh, one to three business days. No, it won't. It will take a minute. It's like a nanosecond to transfer money from your bank. It happened instantly. And you're going to hold it for three days is what's really happening. What you're hoping for is that I'm going to overdraft a check and then you can charge me 39 bucks. The Wall Street Journal first reported news of the scrap plans Friday before last, stating a series of reportedly missed deadlines, along with the departure of the Google Pay executive overseeing the project, caused it to begin to fold. <laughs> that, would, that would be pretty much a death knell, right? If you're if you're working in that department, you're like, where did Bill go? Oh, he got fired. Yeah. The guy in charge of this whole thing? He's fired? Okay, we should probably find different work. And that is exactly what happened. The new guy in charge said, uh, we're going to go a different, we're going to go a different way. You know, we've seen all these big companies at one point in this fintech scramble move to create their own products. Uh, This piece reports, and I forgot about this, Amazon, remember this, it reportedly explored offering bank accounts to its customers in 2018. That has not materialized yet. Uber, if you remember, at one point said that they were going to do some fintech, and that got reined in last year with the departure of their executive, Peter Hazelhurst. Facebook, of course, was rolling out their crypto, the Lira. Mm-hmm. Remember what a train wreck that was? And they've had to scramble to rebrand all that because of the setbacks. Really, the only company that's been on the front line of technology that's that's kind of busted through that invisible fencing has been Apple. You know, they partnered with uh, Goldman Sachs, right? And now they're exploring a buy now, pay later product. That's, that's good for consumers. Well, that's their mission in life. Do what's best for customers. <laughs> if, I can, if I can have more stuff today and not pay for it. Well, they kind of already have that. We just bought uh, my son an iPad and it said, do you want to pay this with no interest over the next 12 months on your Apple card? I'm like, sure. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Check that box. Whatever. So they've kind of already got that, I guess, kind of built into that Apple card system. They do have some innovation there, though, that I do think is cool. Like, for example, I can share that card with my teenagers, set limits on it. It's on their phone. You know, I can actually order them yeah. a card, too. But it's like yeah. kind of like a family card at this point. You know, with the prevalence of every kid's got an iPhone and all the tap to pay stuff and everything like that, you know, the kids go or, you know, they're going to basketball games now and volleyball games and football games and going to the mall with their friends and movies and just stuff. Put, just put $20 on their, on their phone. Well, it's, it's just a, it's a credit card, right? And so they, they have a limit, you know, you can set the limit, a daily limit or a monthly limit or whatever. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about like cash or them carrying a card and that sort of stuff. So there's pros and cons to it. I mean, there's some benefit to carrying cash and losing it and feeling frustrated by that. And like that lesson that goes with that and running out and all that sort of stuff. Like here's 20 bucks. Dad, the movie ticket was 1875. I didn't have enough for popcorn. It's like, uh, but you can also money. do that digitally. I mean, digitally, you still have that and being able to, to hang on to your digital money. And increasingly, I think kids, kids don't live in a place where they take money out of their wallet. No, they don't. And that's why we started doing, the dad bucks things instead of real money for chores and stuff, because I was just getting so frustrated. They couldn't, they didn't have the same appreciation. And it sounds like all those young whippersnappers don't have the appreciation for money, but they don't. They'd like, when I grew up, my dad went to the bank on Saturday morning and cashed his check. I remember waiting in that line. Yeah. You would wait in line and you know, you'd get a sucker or something, you know, and 
that was the money for the week, right? Like they cashed the check and then everything was paid for by cash. My parents didn't use credit cards for years. And now, <clears throat> you know, my kids don't see us use cash for anything. It's just always like, boop, boop, boop. And so you don't have that same like, oh, looks like the wallet's empty. We're out today. No more food. You know, we don't have that uh, you know, same response. It's like, well, we'll pay for it later. So it's hard to teach that lesson when that doesn't exist in their life, you know? I feel like part of this for parents is hard because it's like new math, right? We didn't do math that way. So us teaching our kids how to do this new math thing is incredibly frustrating. So that we blame the math when I don't know if the math is bad as much as... Well, it's the math that's bad. Yeah, for sure. As, as much as we don't have any idea how to do we, it this speaking way. Speaking of math, I have to give like a, a shout out, a, 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 a hack. Is this a hack? This didn't even exist when your kids were in school. Oh, bam, here we go. You're going to be so frustrated that you didn't have this. And I maybe have talked about this before. But uh, there's an app that you can get on your phone. If you're a kid listening to this, you have to turn it off because we can't have kids cheating on math. But parents, we need to help with math homework. Here you go. Photo math. Photo, P-H-O-T-O. Photo math is the app on your phone. It scans the problem, like with your camera, and gives you the answer. It matters not how complicated the math problem is. It gives you all the step-by-steps on how to solve it. It's not math like two plus six equals, you know, what is that? Eight, right? It's all the algebra, geometry, all that weird crap that you go, yeah, I learned that 35 years ago. I have no idea how to solve that problem now. And the kid's like, but I don't know how to do it. You just go, let me look it up. Doop. Take a picture, instantaneously solves it. And it's always right. So yeah, but how math. does that help you help your kid? It just because it, just, it gives you the step by step. It shows you like here's the steps that you have to take. You have to move this X to that side. It shows you all the steps to. Oh, okay, I thought yeah, you yeah. said it just shows you the the answer and all the steps. I was like, then you just lord it. I don't care about helping my kid. I just want to lord over him. Duh, the answer is thirty nine. It's negative six X. You loser. <laughs> I can do this in my head. Give me another the answer's, one. The answer is mopes. So uh, photo math. If you don't, uh, if you have a kid that's about to do algebra and you're somewhere older than 35 and haven't done algebra in roughly 25 years, probably a good app to to acquire. Okay, is that is that reference too old? The answer's mopes. I, I don't even get that. So it must be. You know, it's funny. I got it wrong. It's moops. That's why. Now do you get it? No. No. All right. How about this? <laughs> okay. History. This is for the gang. How you doing over there? Not too good. <laughs> All right, bubble boy. Let's just play. Who invaded Spain in the 8th century? That's a joke. The Moors. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's the Moops. The correct answer is the Moops. Moops? Let me see that. That's not moops, you jerk. It's Moors. It's a misprint. I'm sorry, the card says moops. <laughs> George Costanza wins again on Seinfeld. Okay. The answer is moops. So just lord it over your kid. It's 38. The answer is 38. Oh, you looked it up on your phone. Who cares? It's 38. You know, I like where banking's going, all these bank accounts for different people. There's a fitness bank where you, you download this app on your phone. We've been trying to get these guys on the show, by the way. And you set a step goal. And based on your step goal, if you continually achieve your step goals, you get a higher interest rate on your money. 
So you're healthier and you get a higher interest rate. Hmm. Just tag my Fitbit with my puppy. That's it. It said your Fitbit, your Garmin, your Apple watch, whatever. It just has to have something to track and then it will track your steps daily and, uh, track and my puppy steps daily. Ch- ch- oh, you just put it on your puppy. <laughs> and run. Why? And they're looking at your GPS. Why is he going in circles? This guy walks in circles a lot. He paces. And he, and he also likes to dig in the backyard. <laughs> it's not a satellite. <laughs> I don't I know see what's what I'm doing. What's going on there? And of course, for people increasingly worried about the environment, I mean, there's, there's, there's everything. Fitness, the environment, new banking. Uh, this just came out today as we record this. A piece in Forbes out of Portugal about carbon insight. It'll, it'll look through your expenses, the things that you spend money on. And if you reduce your carbon footprint, you get a higher, get a higher interest rate, all kinds of things, just banking all over the place. But you know what you're not going to see? You're not going to see any Google. And that's the, we should start a bank. (laughs) I think we'd be good bank CEOs. Google can't make their bank work. And you think, well, (laughs) it's the perfect opportunity. We already have the name. Stacking Benjamin's Bank. Oh, is that the, oh, I, I thought you had a clever name, like some, some exciting thing. Hey, uh, it's time for our TikTok minute, the part of the show where OG and I take a look at a recent TikTok video. Sometimes, say most of the time, we're a little snarky about the video because some of these TikTok creators probably getting it a little wrong, but every once in a while we have one that is helpful that we found on TikTok. By the way, the number of helpful ones that we've seen lately have actually gone up. So today, OG, our TikTok minute, is it going to be helpful or is it going to be snarky? Well, you let it off by saying we're, we're, we are too snarky. So uh, I'm going to say that it's uh, helpful today. All right. Uh, this was actually sent in by our friend London, Stacker London, who is listening to the show. Listen to, uh, listen to this TikToker. This is a PSA for anyone that's in a store and then the people say to you, do you want to open a credit card? I always say no. On this particular day, the lady at Home Depot was so nice and she was wearing the sticker and just seemed like it was really special and important to her that I open a card. So I opened a card and then I forgot. I just totally forgot that I opened a card and I'm buying a house. And it turns out that my credit, because I forgot I opened a card in May, is like plummeted over a hundred points for my mortgage. So, Home Depot, this is how much is on my card. This is how much I owed for a $9 can of paint. I am now probably not gonna get a mortgage on a house. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Just don't open credit cards at stores. It will ruin your life. $9 can of paint. Put it on a credit card. Forgot about it. I feel like, oh, for there's the, I'm like, it forgot about to pay it is what she meant to say. Yeah, she forgot she had it. She she probably got electronic statements, never did anything with it. Just yeah. ran that, ran that one thing through the card. Nine bucks cost her a hundred points on her credit. Yeah, so she didn't lose 100 points on her credit report because she opened the account. She lost 100 points because she opened the account and didn't pay it. That's Well, it's exactly right, but it's nine bucks, dude. Yeah, well, sucks to suck. Nine dollars. Pay your bills on time. It's not the nine bucks. It's the fact that you were 30 days late. 
I get that, but there's still a problem with that system. A system that can't identify that you were more than 30 days late on a nine-day payment, yet you're paying your $2,000 a month rent every damn month. Like, really, the system, the system can't figure that out? That's stupid. Well, rent is usually not something that's on your credit report anyway, but um, I feel you. Which, don't you think that's wrong? If she's paying her rent every month on time, or utility bill every month on time, which is way bigger than a $9 bill... And the FICO people go, oh, now she can't be trusted with money. We got to jack that thing down. That's stupid. And by the way, that's my interpretation. Uh, d- uh, the woman in this video, her name, uh, her TikTok name is Cassidy Guard. Cassidy takes uh, full responsibility for that, by the way. She said, that's why it's a PSA. She said, I don't need you to feel sorry for me. I just need you to know how the system works because yeah. I wrecked my credit over a $9 can of paint that I forgot about. And to her point, she never opens the store card, but this time she did because the lady had a sticker and she looked really nice, which goes to show we do some of these financial things. OG for stupid reasons. Oh, definitely. I mean, you got that, you've got the, uh, you know, save 10% off on this order type of marketing gimmick and all that sort of fun stuff, you know, that comes from store companies. You've got the, order this and we'll let you pay for it over the next three years. You know, when you go to uh, furniture stores or you're buying some, you know, home goods or something like that. And then you forget about it and it destroys you or you do the minimum payment, forget about the three year thing. And then all of a sudden in year on month 37, they go, Oh, cool. By the way, you also owe us $1,100 of interest now. Right. Cause you had to have that all paid off by now. And you know, we didn't really send you a warning to let you know that. We told you that uh, three years ago, and it was in really teeny tiny print. Watch the fine print. For the millionth time. Bankers are not your friends. They are not Apparently your are neither neither are Home Depot bankers. Apparently not. Apparently neither is Home Depot paint. All right. Uh, coming up in a second, Barbara Corcoran, and she is here today, that if you're thinking about starting a business, you are somebody who has a business. Maybe it's a side hustle. You're dreaming about who hasn't dreamed about maybe opening a business and who hasn't dreamed about all the stuff that they talk about on Shark Tank. That show has stayed around for a reason. We're going to ask her many, many questions about life in the business world today and her best advice for our budding business owner stackers out there. But I think to get there. Oh, he looks excited today. Look at him, man. Somebody's excited. Okay. All right. I'm out of the way. Stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I have been dying to get on Shark Tank for years. None of my ideas have made the cut yet. Not even my hot, hot Doug calendar. You know the one. It's where I start trying to get my shirt off, but then it gets stuck halfway up my huge abs or my elbow. You know, it's one of those two. Not my Doug's zesty dipping sauce, the future exclusive sauce of the Sizzler made with mango and my secret asparagus tips blend. I think I finally have it. I finally got the idea. I've been nurturing a partnership that I think will finally land me on Shark Tank. But before I tell you all about it, let's get to today's trivia. Here we go. Which of the Shark Tank sharks has the highest net worth? I'll be back with your answer faster than you can think of your next big idea.
Well, now you got your to-do list, don't you? You're ready to go dive in and be better at money than you were an hour ago when you started listening to the show. And you know what? For a great partner, become a member at Navy Federal Credit Union because becoming a member at Navy Federal could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, when you're thinking about debt, as I've said before, a lot of people have debt. Very few people have a debt strategy. Well, with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Make the plan, choose the best option because both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required, terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Well, stackers, if you pay off your credit cards every month like you should, Navy Federal Credit Union likes to reward their members when they responsibly use their credit cards, OG. You know, getting those points on the credit card, if you pay off your credit card every month, why why wouldn't you do it? No shame in my credit card point game. No shame in my game either. You know that. <laughs> You can also earn up to 1.75% cash back in all purchases with their cash rewards card when you sign up for direct deposit. When you use the Navy Federal mobile app, you can redeem your rewards as soon as you earn them. And there's no annual balance transfer foreign transaction fees. Plus, different than a lot of cards, your rewards never expire. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. That's NavyFederal.org, insured by NCUA. Hey, Stackers, what's up? I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I've got an almost official partnership pending. How close, you ask? Well, don't ask that. It's close, all right? Just trust me. Anyway, check out the soon-to-be million-dollar idea that is going to land yours truly on Shark Tank with the help of uh, unnecessary inventions on Instagram. Check it out. Hey, Steve, play the clip, all right? Reach for your dunk trunk legs and use your pants like never before to effortlessly dry off every square inch of your body from the very top to the very bottom. And when you're finished up, slide them back on and soak up the sun. This summer, I invented the dunk trunks, the first zip-off pants that feature a bathing suit up top and a plush towel down below for your legs so you'll always have a way to dry off when you're out getting wet and wild. When you stroll up in these to your next pool party, swiftly zip off each pant leg when you feel the water is calling your name. Ensure to properly remove the ultra-absorbent towels before you show off your best cannonball. Then, when it's time to get out, reach for your dunk trunk legs and use your pants like never before to effortlessly dry off every square inch of your body from the very top to the very bottom. And when you're finished up, slide them back on and soak up the sun. Cold, right? It's cold. Now all I got to do is tell this guy that we've got Barbara Corker in here and I'm the motor in this here mouse trap. Not sure that's a thing, but I'm, I'm just going to go with it. Okay, all right. Thank goodness Barbara and I are minutes away from being close friends. 
I mean, once that happens, once we're best friends, all the doors start opening up. Which reminds me of our trivia question. Which of the sharks currently has the highest net worth? Well, Barbara's doing fine. I mean, she is, she's doing fine. Trust me, with a, a reported $100 million net worth. At number three, it's Damon John with a net worth of $350 million. At number two, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary himself with a net worth of $400 million. And coming in at number one in a landslide with a $4.5 billion net worth. Yeah, you already guessed it. It's Mark Cuban. All right, which lucky shark wants to invest in the dunk trunks to make up some ground on old Marky Mark, huh? Huh? All right, let's pass this thing over to Joe and Barbara to learn more about starting businesses. And Barbara, let's you and me connect afterward, right? Right? I mean, I got a pitch you are going to love. And Barbara Corcoran joins me. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great today. I'm happy to be with you. I love your voice. I love your podcast. Great. Well, thanks. You hear that all the time, I'm sure. Well, we're just having, we're entertaining ourselves, Barbara. That's what we're doing. Just entertaining yeah. us, <laughs> which I'm sure is what you guys are doing on Shark Tank, right? And you even do on your podcast on Business Unusual. It sounds like you're just having fun answering questions, doing what comes naturally. Yeah, I'm having fun, but I'm very much aware that I want whatever I say to be helpful to someone. Sure. So I'm probably not as carefree or as confident as you are. I don't I don't know about that, but thanks. But flattery will get you everywhere, Barbara. So I think we're good. Good, good, good. Before we get to business owners, I've got a couple of questions where I want to, uh, because not all of our listeners are people that are going to own businesses. Recently on your podcast, you answered a couple of questions from people that are on the other side of the table. They want to go work for somebody like you or somebody like yes. us. And they asked about interview questions. And one question I really mm-hmm. like that somebody asked you that I'd love for you to share with us in that interview, mm-hmm. what is it that impresses you about an interviewee that makes you go, I want this person versus all the other people that I'm being interviewed by? Well, as a normal guide, anyone I hire, I want them to come in knowing about my business. Uh, and be infatuated with it almost like I can't wait to work with you, whether that's acted out or genuine. That's what I want to hear as a boss. But I think what you're referencing, Joe, is recently I interviewed and hired a woman that I was not planning on hiring because after I interviewed her, I thought to myself, nah, I can't work with this lady. She knew what she was doing. She was being hired for my top social media posts. She was phenomenal at it. But boy, did she talk. And right before I was showing her the door, she said, is there anything that would stand in the way of you hiring me? I've never been asked that question. And I said, sure, you talk too much. And she said, ah, that's what my mother says. I could shut up. I'll face the wall. I just do my stuff. Just hire me, blah, blah. And she sold me and I hired her within the next minute. I totally turned around. What chutzpah to say anything standing in the way? I was the boss. Nobody's ever asked me that. I think it was a phenomenal, powerful move and won me over big time. Well, it shows a two-way street, right? That you're going to have some open communication. Yes, absolutely. And also it showed honesty on my part, not saying, no, you're terrific for the job. I don't really know if anything's in the way. No. I said, you talk too much. You drive me crazy. (laughs) Well, you might as well have, you might as well get it out right then, whether you work together or not. I mean, I don't know about you, but I think life's too short to, to not say that. Like, let's get it out there in the open. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you give out honesty, people hand it right back to you. And that's exactly what she did. The second question that someone asked you that a lot of people wonder Mm -hmm. about and is a tough spot Mm -hmm. in interviews, the salary, right? Is it okay to ask Mm -hmm. what does this pay and, and, and to start negotiating salary during that interview process? 
Well, you know, you have to play that one by ear, don't you? Usually most jobs you don't get within one interview. It's If it's your only interview and they're going to decide, you have to ask that question. You, it's also not inappropriate to ask what would you have to do to get ahead at that business? What do they value? How to get people? How do people get promoted? Those are all worthwhile questions if you only have one shot at the interview. But most jobs take two interviews and it's better said or asked in the second interview. Oh. I'm an advocate of that. Because I've been on the side of hiring thousands of people in my lifetime. And when they're coming right at me on the money, I think all they care about is the money, which I don't know why I should think badly of somebody, but I think they care about the money more than they care about me and my business. And that's not a good priority here when you're interviewing an employee. Yeah. Focus on them, focus on their business and the business owner's mm. need is what I'm hearing you saying. Definitely. You know, I want to be flattered. I don't want false flattery, but I want to feel like that guy, if I let him or her through that door, they are going to love every day they work for me. And you know why I want to hear Because I'm a great business. I love people and take care of them. So I want to get that same attitude back. And uh, it's not an extra, it's an essential for sure. Yeah. It comes back to that two-way street. Okay. One more question. And then I want to talk to our business owners that are or people thinking about okay. starting a business. And this is a big part of your expertise is in real estate. A lot of questions that yes. come in to me and my co-host OG are around this crazy market, Barbara, where people are are paying $40,000, $50,000 over asking price. Is this a good time to buy real estate? Hey, listen, if you, if you say, is it a good time compared to six months ago? It's a terrible time. Compared to a year ago, the average house is selling for 18% more. Is that a good time? A terrible time. But you can't look at real estate that way. If I'd looked at real estate that way, I would have never bought the real estate that I now very, I'm very happy to own that produces a lot of income for me. What you have to do is you have to compare the moment of now to where it might go in the future. And if you're asking my opinion, whether I think prices are going to simmer down, you're going to get that house cheaper in six months. No way. The demand is so much larger than the supply. And that's why more than half the houses are going to overbidding. I mean, I've never seen that market. I've never seen these increases in the last 30 years in the real estate business. That kind of change takes a while to wind down. So if you're going to buy a house, it's a terrible time to buy, but get out there as fast as you can nonetheless, <laughs> because you're only going to pay more for it tomorrow. If it sounds like we're talking about the stock market too, there's always a problem du jour yeah, probably. in the, in the yeah. stock market. All right, sure. let's talk to business owners out there. People thinking about starting a business. Why don't we start there? Is this a good time yes. to start a business? Hey, it's been the best time ever over the last year and a half. Let me tell you what's good about really bad news in business. People are open to new ideas. People are open to a new way of doing business, the newcomer. They want to see who's new, what they could get. Customers change as to the way they want business or services to be delivered, okay? They change their taste in product. They start buying things they haven't bought before because the framework around them has totally changed. So what better time to start a business when the world is open to a newcomer? The hardest time to break into a business is when everything is status quo, because the big guys win. They can outdo you. They can outperform you. They can make a turn. They could offer a better discount. That is not true right now. What the little guy has a corner on is the passion for his business that's always larger than the big business owner. And what they have on top of the passion is they have the ability to change they think of an idea on a Monday, they can get it on the street by Wednesday. A big business can't do that. They vet with attorneys, accountants. Change is difficult for a big business. And so, yes, it's the absolute best time to absolute best time to start a business. When I go in to start that business, what are the first things I think about? You uh -huh. hear about a business plan. You hear uh -huh. about, about doing something that you're passionate about. What are some of the key ingredients to a successful startup? 
Uh, a lot of that's hogwash and it's a common folklore out there that people buy into. And it's a shame because it misleads people. I think the first thing you have to realize when you're starting a business, is you don't have to get it right. You just have to get it going mm-hmm. for every one person that jumps off the cliff and starts their business. There are seven other people dreaming about it. They can't get the courage to get it started. So the idea and getting it started is just started. So far as business plans go, they're always grossly overrated. They always have been. And yet, In our education system, people buy into it. Get your plan together. I'll tell you what happens with any business plan I've ever seen. The minute you get in the street and your feet are on the ground and you have to hustle, you have to rewrite your business plan. It's not even worth the ink to write it because you have to react. A business plan is static. You put it. It's the ideal situation. They never work. And so it's nice to talk about a business plan if you're raising funding because those left brain kind of guys, predominantly white guys buying into businesses like to hear that stuff. But in the real world of starting a business, it's about how fast you're on your feet, not how knowledgeable you are, how quick you come up from failure, how you could bounce back, how you could figure five different ways to skin that cat that the next guy just didn't think of. No, it's a really quick kind of a almost like a what do you call when the quicksand that moves under your feet? That's how business is with walls in the way. And so what good is a business plan? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have just killed the business idea of a business plan. But you know what I really like? I like visualization. I mean, when I started my business, I didn't have a business plan. I was going in to compete with the old boy network, the rich guys in the New York City market. What could I have even put on my business plan? But I had something more powerful. I had an image of myself as the queen of New York real estate with nice clothes on, which I didn't have, with puffed hair, which I didn't have, having answers to people who asked me questions. None of it was true, but I had that little movie in my head. And with that little movie, it motivated me for the next 20 years. So I sold that business for 66 billion. I'm telling you, no business plan, but a clear image of where I wanted to go. And I think that's not played up enough in business today. All my great entrepreneurs know exactly who they want to be. They know exactly who they want to be and they have the gumption to get there. Well, it's funny, Barbara, my, my image had poofy hair too. And look at what happened to me. Like I, (laughs) big mistake. You're a handsome guy. (laughs) You're 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 just trying to make me turn red and and it's working. So, so stop, keep going, stop, keep going. Right. Right. Fun, fun, fun. (laughs) Well, well, let's talk about though. Uh, it sounds like what you're saying is when you start that business, you got to be okay with the pivot, right? You got to be okay with changing on a dime. Oh, Oh, you don't like that. Let me tell you something. I don't like the word pivot. I mean, it's such a cool word. I think it came out of Harvard somewhere. Uh, you know, pivot. Okay. I have seen more people borrow money from family and friends, lose some money and say, I'm pivoting now. What does that mean? It usually means I got the plan wrong. I lost your money. Now I got to start something else. I think it's a horrible word. What I like instead is the nature of businesses change. If you can change, if you could roll with the punches, if you can make the best of a situation, It's not about a new way to do business. It's about changing and anticipating what the customer wants. And now that I'm raising the customer, and I'm sure you're going to get to it later, but that is the subject of our webinar this Wednesday. It is a great webinar because a lot of people don't realize the importance of changing to please the customer. They think of it as a bonus. But in our Business Unusual webinar, which is sponsored by AT&T Business, because they love the small entrepreneur just as much as I do, we're going to address how you exactly win that customer over, how you build loyalty, what cards do you have in your deck that a big business doesn't have and how you should best use them. And so I'm just very, very happy to be included in that so that I could get the best experts in to talk on this subject so we could send our entrepreneurs home with a bag of goods that they could use, you know, not theoretical stuff, but stuff they could use in the business. We talked earlier about passion 
Is that what you really should be passionate uh-huh. about is the customer versus whatever the widget is that you're making? I'll tell you what you shouldn't be passionate about. You shouldn't be passionate about making money. Every single entrepreneur I've ever invested in whose God was to cash out and make money never succeeded. You have to be first and foremost passionate about your customer. And the second person in line is you have to be passionate about your employees. And you know what? There's too many bosses out there. They get going and what they're most passionate about is themselves. And you know what? You can't be in a service business, provide goods in a service business or services there without being really heartfelt on the side of the other guy. The other guys are your employees and certainly the customers you're selling to. And the minute you get your priorities wrong and put yourself front and forward, it never works. The reason I built a huge business so quickly in New York City against all odds is because I had the people who work for me. I would kill for them. I would do anything for them. And you know what? They would do the same for me. And people underestimate the power of that card in business today. It's never changed. You love people. They love you back. It's like a seesaw. It's what you do. You love your customer. They love you back and they buy. And so that's really the name of the game. Uh, You just have to aspire to the right values and it's never making money. Now, Shark Tank, when I ask an entrepreneur, hey, what's your strategy? What's your goal? And they say, oh, we're going to build this up to this volume of sales. We're going to sell to, I'm like, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> I know I'm going to lose my money. It's a deathly sign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, as I'm hearing you talk, when I asked about customer service and you immediately went to employees, it sounds like what you're telling mm-hmm. me is if you treat your employees right, then they treat the customer right. And you only have two hands, Barbara, where there are a bunch of hands yeah. working on your behalf. Let me tell you something. It was an interesting thing when I was building the Corcoran Group. It's an interesting thing when all of my businesses are building their companies. The ones that love their employees and focus on the employees, the employees turn around and love the customer. You can't be as an owner as you get bigger, directly in touch with your customer. You might have policies, but it gets watered down along the way. The only way to deliver that kind of service that you are passionate about is to be passionate on each one of your employees so they pass it forward. And that's how it works. There's no other way to do it. I've tried everything. I learned that that was the secret to success is taking care of my employees. Small businesses working often on a shoestring and you look at the the mm-hmm. mantra a lot of businesses have where the customer's always right. Where's the fine line between mm-hmm. giving the customer everything and selling the business down the river because you're not making a profit? Hey, listen, there is a fine line. I'll tell you, I had a policy at my business when I was building that anyone, including the receptionist at the front desk of all my offices could make a business decision. I trusted them that much until one day a high price seller called the front desk, got Hallie, and Hallie gave him permission to reduce our commission in half. It was like $30,000. I supported Hallie. We reduced that commission, but my salesman wasn't right. So you have to draw some line somewhere. I went a little too far, okay? But to trust uh, your individual and make a right decision, that's what happens. They really make 99% of the time a right decision. You could cover the losses. And now I'm not even sure. Did I answer your question or did I get off course? No, 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 no. You totally did, which is that there is a fine line and I think you have to do the math. But from time to time, Mm. based on what you said with Hallie, the math sometimes doesn't matter. You have to give it away. You know what? If you keep your eye on the long-term goal, making always the customer happy, always the customer happy, it also enables you to put up with a lot of crap. Customers, you can't stand that. You'd like to tell them to go blame it on their mother-in-law. <laughs> ah, you just put up with them because you know your long-term goal is expert customer service. And also the people that work for you realize there's no exception to the rule. And so you don't have to worry about quality control anymore. It's taken care of because you set it by example. 
You mentioned earlier this fantastic webinar you have coming up on Wednesday. This is a good first step for a lot of people hoping to get into business. Tell us what's going to happen. And this sounds really exciting, Barbara. What I really like about it is AT&T Business Approach Beyond it because they share the same passion for the small business person, and it's heartfelt. So we put together a series called Business Unusual Webinar Series, and you can catch up on the old ones. We have a new subject every time. This particular Wednesday, our subject is how do you capture the customer? How do you create loyalty? Even how do they forgive you for your sins when you can't deliver the merchandise in time for Christmas, which is the great majority of people out there? How do you not lose that customer and keep them coming back? That's a worthy topic. I mean, most small business people are baffled by that. Like, what do I do? They're a little bit panicked, especially with the Christmas season coming up. That's responsible for usually 30% of all sales in small business. Well, and probably so even panicked. more important, probably right. even more important because of COVID now, right? I mean, this is a really important holiday season, Absolutely. I'm sure for a lot of small business owners. You're absolutely right. They're trying to make up for lost time. And a lot of them have ordered a lot of merchandise, put themselves out there and the merchandise has not come. That's a problem. But you know what? If you tell the customer, again, because of that change in attitude to support of small business, if you tell the customer, hey, you're not going to get it on time, give them an early heads up, that's very important for them to work with you. And if they see you're really killing yourself to try your best and you're able to do that online, send photos, your workers, the smiles, well, be in touch with them you're going to get through the holiday season. It's not as much to sweat about as you really think, but you have to get your ducks in order without a doubt. Your how, attitude in order more than anything. How do people get to it? Oh, it's so easy. 888barber.com. We made it easy peasy and it's for free. Remember, <laughs> you don't have to pay for this webinar. You just get the information, grab the good stuff and run back to your business and apply it. And if you've missed past webinars, remember they're all online on demand. So you can just just go grab them when you want, but do not miss them. We work so hard to bring great stuff. And I know we deliver because of the great feedback we get. I love that. I love the podcast. It sounds like I, I feel bad, Barbara, because it sounds like you're not having any fun. Bye. I wish you were having fun while you were doing all this. <laughs> hey, the older I get, the more fun I get because I don't really give a crap what people think. Funny how that works out, right? Isn't that the funny? The only one who doesn't like me more recently is my husband. He's like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good. That might be a relationship right there. Yeah. Uh, he'll get over it. <laughs> Old Bill, he'll get over it. Barbara, thanks so much for sharing your expertise with us today. I really appreciate it. Let me tell you, a lot of fun to hang out with Joe. Uh, aptly named your, your podcast. I love your byline. Really deserve it. Thanks I'm happy t- for your success. Thanks a ton. Okay. I'm Liz, the chief mom officer. And when I'm not busy being the breadwinner of my family of five, I'm stacking Benjamins. Nothing more to say there, OG. Big thanks to Barbara Corcoran for hanging out. Hey, let's uh, throw out the Haven Lifeline and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, they put what you value first. Watching Shark Tank. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know, something else. Gather your loved ones around you. More time to watch Shark Tank. You don't want to spend it on opening life insurance policies. And that's why Haven Life's application is simple. It's online. Bam, you get an instant coverage decision. You don't have to wait several weeks. All policies also issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, which is a more than 160-year-old insurer. Today, we're throwing out the lifeline to Anonymous. Say hi, Anonymous. This is Anonymous from Columbus, Ohio. My husband and I are about to start fertility treatments, and the costs are already adding up. Some background on us is that we make $100,000 combined, and the only debt we have is student loan debt. We also have a six-month emergency fund that is completely separate from all 
other accounts. So far, we have $10,000 in our bank account for fertility treatments. How should we finance the other costs? Should we use all the money in our HSA accounts, about $10,000, and then use credit cards? Or should we keep money in our HSA accounts and put all of the costs on the best credit card we can find and then put any extra money throughout the year toward that bill? Is there another option we didn't think of? I know some companies like Starbucks cover IVF treatment for part-time employees, but working 20 hours a week on top of full-time jobs just doesn't seem possible right now. This is such an emotional decision for us, and we want to make sure we're making the best financial move, but it's hard when we want a child so bad. Thanks for any thoughts and feedback. OH. Oh boy. Not the best way in this uh, basement <laughs> to, get a, to get a straight answer. All the Especially stuff going the, on with Urban Meyer right now. That's a little. Well, yeah. he's gone. I'm sure they've disowned him in Columbus by now. <laughs> that mean, dude's are, in the, are, you, are you following what's going on? That guy's in the past. Yeah. Doing some dancing. Yeah. Doing some dancing. That's right. Yes. And now, well, he did two dancing. He did dancing one night and then the next day he was dancing in front of microphones. Yeah. Still dancing. Uh, yeah, largely looking at the floor. But uh, uh, hey, uh, thanks for that. And and by the way, this is an incredibly emotional time, OG. And actually, this is something we should ask Barbara Corcoran because she very publicly talked about funny. Of course, Barbara Corcoran with her $100 million that Doug talked about, just uh, maybe funding it is a little different for her. But still, hella emotional. What, what do you think? I mean, I don't think that you can put these two things in the same category. You can't say, I want to make the best financial decision. And then also, I know that this is an emotional one. There's no right or wrong way to handle it. And maybe what you're saying is, I want to make the best decision that I possibly can, assuming that I go down this path, which is, we're going to do this uh, IVF stuff. And the easiest way is to take care of all of the stuff that you can with the money that you have on hand. So if you've got savings, if you've got HSA money, if you've got you know, non-qualified investment money, brokerage account money, non-retirement money, then that's probably the best the best location for the first kind of tranches of withdrawals. I don't know what it costs. I've heard numbers of twenty-five or of thirty-five thousand dollars. And if you've got twenty of it between your savings and your HSA, it doesn't hurt my feelings to put five thousand bucks on a credit card. Uh, I would definitely shop it. I would definitely try to make sure that uh, you know you look at a partner like a credit union or a relationship that you can start or one that you already have potentially that has a balance transfer offer or, you know, something like have a plan for that in advance so that you can put money on a card and then get it to a 0% low cost, you know, rate as quickly as possible. And you may be able to find a low cost rate just, um, you know, just, just in working with your local bank, a community bank out there now, or your, uh, you know, uh, credit union, if you tell them what's going on. But I like the idea of focusing on debt later. Use your resources. Yeah. And, you know, this is what the emergency fund, I think, is is there for, right? Sure. That and the HSA, right? I mean, the purpose of those things is to cover expenses in case of emergencies or opportunities. And, you know, it is what it is. Here it is. Yes. This is why you've saved all that money. This is why you have money in your HSA. There's no point in saying, well, this money is for my 65th birthday. My triple tax-free distribution when I'm 65. Meanwhile, I'll be in debt for the next 40 years. It's like, no, no, just use the money now. 
You have it. In Sun Tzu's The Art of War, he talks about the best battles, the one that's never fought, which is why we always talk about looking at your downside. And by going through all your cash, I'm sure, Anonymous, the thing that you worry about is, what if I have an emergency then? I think this is the time, OG, that you take that chance because you're either going to use debt for the IVF or you're using debt possibly later. But this is a time when I would roll the dice on the debt and just rebuild that emergency fund as fast as you can so that you can continue to pay cash in the future. That's right. Yeah. Because guess what? Kids are not inexpensive once they're born. No. no. Once once they're summoned, (laughs) it's expensive for that moment as well. So. This very well could be just the beginning of a giant sucking sound of money out of your wallet. Yes. Could very well be. Hey, thanks for the question. If you have a question for us and just need an outside look at your situation, head to stackybedjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And like our anonymous friend here in Columbus, we'll be very happy to answer your question. We did it without too much snark either, even though it's Columbus. And the cool thing is... I mean, I'm not sure why you'd want to raise a kid in Columbus, but, you know... (laughs) At least I'll be coming to Columbus. That's right. uh, Coming in in March. And OG might be there with me. Uh, Doug. We'll decide if I get invited. Yes. I'm I'm, I'm still wondering if he can hold it together. If we start shaking at the city limits. Who knows? (laughs) Hopefully we see you, though, when I I come to Columbus. All right. uh, That's going to do it for today. A lot of people to thank. And uh, Doug is going to handle all that. Remember that we have a great email that accompanies this show. And the cool thing about the email, you don't need to even listen to the show to follow the email. Not that you wouldn't listen to the show. However, I think that uh, I've gotten some emails from people that have said, well, I haven't signed up for the stacker because I miss shows from time to time. Well, if you miss shows, you'll still have a written ride along, not the same stuff that's in the podcast, but the same Topics, ideas, and fun that you get from an episode of the Stacky Benjamin Show. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash stacker gets you that, and it comes out the night before our Monday and our Wednesday episodes. And also, later in the week, you'll get an additional email with some timeless ideas on how to help your money. We're up to 17 weeks of those, OG. You and I were laughing. It's been Two years ago, I said that we're going to be 52. Give or take. There's 17. But we do have a badass uh, guide to the Monday, Wednesday show topics as well. All right. Last but not least, if you're somebody who really needs to think bigger about your goals and hopes like I am to be the dumbest person in the room, right? You want to surround yourself with really smart people. If you're putting that team together, OG and his team are taking clients. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash... OG. That's the link to their calendar to find out what they can do to help your team be better at getting those big dreams. That's going to do it for today. Doug, you got it from your man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take a lesson from our TikTok minute. Watch that credit score when you're ready to buy a house and probably avoid the Home Depot credit card. Second, take a lesson from Barbara Corcoran. Even though we're in unique times, there are ample business opportunities. You just have to be perceptive and take action to make it happen. But the big lesson? Bad idea. Bad idea. Joe's mom says she won't wear the dunk trunks. 
and neither did Barbara. Joe's mom wears those biker chaps all around the house, but not something practical like dunk trunks. And how come Barbara wants to know where Joe's mom got the chaps and, and not the dunk trunks? Just you wait till I get on Shark Tank, and these are the next big thing. Oh, oh wait, Bar- Barbara's on Shark Tank. That could be a problem. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. To find more about Barbara Corcoran's unusual business webinars, head to 888barbara.com. To see more potentially promising inventions, check out the Unnecessary Inventions Instagram page. Thanks to them for the inspiration today. Do yourself a favor and check out their other inventions. We're all going to be rich. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2021, and is created by Joe Saul Cihai. Our producer is Karen Rapine. The show is written by Taylor Stevens with help from Joe and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen, check out our show notes page written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. Brooke and Joe also collaborate on a guide to the show and with lots of extras we couldn't include on today's podcast. Heck, they'll also throw in some life money lessons from Joe, and it's all free. It's called The Stacker, and you'll find it at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash stacker. Once we get all of this goodness bottled up, it goes over to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart, who helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to talk about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group, The Basement. She also is our social media coordinator, so say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. She and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. For a URL that'll take you right to our Facebook group, by the way, type stackingbenjamins.com forward slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, reminding you that if you think you're too small to make a difference, you've never been in bed with a mosquito. Welcome to the after show. We played that Seinfeld clip earlier. You listen to much or watch much. You listen to you watch much uh, Seinfeld. I haven't. No, it was kind of late high school and early college for me. I got a little bit of it, but I I probably should go back and just watch them all. I was a college DJ and it was on Thursday nights. And I remember that uh, that was on and friends like it was this big one-two punch. People would get together 
and have these parties where they would watch parties, where they watch the episodes together. And then they would come to wherever I was. So I always knew when friends was over because the whatever fraternity house I was at would start, people would start piling in. But some of these episodes, this is one from one of my favorite episodes. There's this bakery that makes this fantastic bread. And, uh, well, let's listen into what happens. 53. I'd like a marble rye. Uh, no plastic in a bag. Ah, you're lucky it's our last one. <laughs> Wait a second, that's your last marble rye? That's right. There's none left? That's what I said. <laughs> Number 54. Uh, excuse me. I know this is going to sound crazy, but I, I have to have that rye. It's a, it's a long story, but a person's whole future may depend on it. Well, I'm sorry, but you should have got here earlier. Yes, well... Be that as it may, if you could just find it within yourself to give it up. I was... You're not getting this wrong. All right. Right. All right. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will give you double what you paid for it. You're in my way. All right. Look, I'll tell you what. I'll give you $50. Now, be reasonable. You cannot turn down $50 for a $6 rye. No. Watch me. Stop it. I want that rye, lady. Someone help! Shut up, you old pig! Oh, no. He's stealing the bread from the old lady and running down the street. And it's the dumbest, dumbest thing of all time. How they get these dumb setups and they just would always make them work. Of course, having somebody like Larry David on your team helping write it. Super funny, dude. Oh my goodness. That one, that one is funny. And of course, there's all these episodes. Medium turkey chili. Medium crab bisque. I didn't get any bread. Just forget it. Let it go. Um, excuse me. Uh, I think you forgot my bread. Bread? Two dollars extra. Two dollars? But everyone in front of me got free bread. You want bread? Yes, please. Three dollars! What? No soup for you! No soup for you. That's what we say to Doug. We should do that if somebody steps out of line, just no podcast for you. No? They'd be like, fine. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union can help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt. Well, if you're thinking consolidation, that's part of your plan. You could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing cost, or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. What I like, you make your plan first, and then you use the appropriate instrument to get you there, and Navy Federal has them. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender. Membership required. Terms and conditions apply. Loan subject to approval.